What if you did work? What if you took action and made it happen and started living inside of your purpose? What if you did work? Right now you can make the choice to never listen to that negative voice no more. The hardest prison to escape is our own mind. I was trapped inside that prison all for a long time. To make it happen, you gotta take action. Just imagine what if it did work. Are you a startup or a business owner looking to collaborate with industry-leading influencers on social media? Then sign up at accessmynetwork.com and start your brand awareness campaigns or lead gen campaigns on our platform. Again, it's accessmynetwork.com. What if it did work? All right, another day, another episode of my favorite podcast, a little little bias. What can I say? What if it did work here? I've got, I've, I'm completely humbled. I've got the doctor in the house, Dr. Rewire, Al Trevetti, media personality and author of Chasing Success, Lessons in Aligned Performance. After creating one of the largest healthcare clinics in the world, he founded the Aligned Performance Institute. Dr. Trevetti and his team have now helped over 500,000 people in over 29 countries for nearly three decades. He studied the science of success, fulfillment, and human behavior in order to develop his signature behavior modification system, the Trevetti process. This system has helped leaders and sales teams Create high-performance cultures where sales, profit, enjoyment all increase rapidly. Welcome, brother. Thanks, man. Thanks for having me, Omar. I appreciate it. I, I got to say, because a lot of people, and you're, you're literally a doctor, so a lot of people in personal development, business development, sometimes we, we, we discuss this, they graduated from the School of Hard Knocks. Yeah, or they they got their their coaching shingle from like the Anthony Robbins School of Coaching or the John Maxwell. But you 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 are an actual doctor, and, mm-hmm. and literally you have results, and you help people that are are pretty much stuck, right? Both in in business and personal development. Yeah, I mean the work I do is around mind, money, and health. And thanks for having me. I appreciate. It. Yeah, there's you know most of this industry, honestly. Like I, I was in it, and and I've been in it, and I, and I love it, and I love helping people. That's kind of why I'm still here. But there's some truth to what we do. But most, if you look at it, and it's going to sound a little controversial to start the conversation, but most people are really saying things like, "Look, this worked for me. Here's where I was. Here's where I am. And all you got to do is, I mean, you can summarize the entire personal development industry in one sentence: change your beliefs, change your life." Yeah, but how? What do you need to do? What's a system? What's a process? And really, that's the, the the part that is very difficult for people to get, right? And any coach, any, like, that's really it. Change your beliefs, change your life. Okay, great. Now, tell me more. Like, so there's got to be more behind it. And I went on a quest to figure it out for myself, for, for patients, for uh, my own life. And I, and, I, and I looked at it from a perspective of science, not just arbitrary, because just like you and me, and we've all done the things that are supposed to work, but they don't work for 100% of people. So that's not a science, right? If you can do a bunch of affirmations and it works, great. But does it work for the same person on the other side? If it doesn't, then it's not a science. And I wanted to go turn into something, into a science where I can do it every single time, no matter what. That's the journey I took. Yeah. Affirmations affirmations are tough because a lot of times you still have that little voice, that limiting belief saying in your head that you're not worthy or success isn't for me. Or why are you doing this? So, you know, you can be like, look in the mirror, or you can have the voice, you can stand like a champion, and you can go, all I need is within me now, or every day in every way, I get stronger and stronger. But that little voice is going to be like, hey, quit lying. (laughs) Well, that voice is really, the voice is not a limiting belief. The voice is really, it's your feedback to tell you that you're being ungoverned and unbalanced. You're you're missing the pieces of yourself that you're actually not being authentic in your, what you're saying, because you really don't believe it. So the more you're trying to say it, the more you're trying to fake it till you make it. When you fake it till you make it, you eventually end up crushing yourself because you get the emotions of guilt, shame, anger, and resentment that stop you from really moving forward. Now fake it till you make it though. At that, to me, isn't it more you make it because you start building that confidence like a muscle to me. I tell people when you fake it till you make it, it's that con hyphen 
fit in. It's because you walk around with swagger, you act like you're John Travolta and Saturday Night Fever, and and literally you have nothing to back it up. I mean, sure. literally any little misstep, it's like a house of cards that'll blow down, right? Yeah, and there's two, you know, I look at it in two ways. I call it, there's confidence and then there's pseudo-confidence. And what I mean by pseudo-confidence is really where you're looking at the world and you're puffing yourself up thinking that you're better than you are. And you know what I know, and I've been there too myself, so by any means, it's like you think you've got the world at, the, at your fingertips and all of a sudden you go up. And then later in life, you realize that this person that was up that was so confident drops down. And they, you know, when they think they're successful, great, they're confident. When they think that they're not successful, they're a failure. That's really, and they don't feel confident. That's not confident. That's in what I call pseudo-confidence. When you're confident, authentically confident, then you don't really have the ups and downs and highs and lows. You know what you know, and you're certain about it. Like, for example, if I can give you an example, Omar, it's like when it comes to the brain and human behavior and, and rewiring people, I know this stuff really, really well. Like I, I'm very confident, authentically confident. And I could have this conversation with many, many people without any hesitation. But if you ask me about baking cakes, I could fake it. Let me tell you. And I could fake it real well. I could say, you know what? You got to put some chocolate frosting on this thing. And then you got to do this twirly things. And it's made up of chocolate. And you got to put the paper. You put it in, you bake it on 350 for like 45 minutes. And I could make it sound good and be like, I'm confident, but that's not confident. That's pseudo confidence. Does that make sense? Yeah, perfectly. With social media, though, wouldn't you have to say so many people are pseudo confident when they're hashtag winning sure. Instagram? And it's like all those people that believe in the hype. I, I don't need to put in the work. I can order this guy's system. He said it best. He was mowing lawns. 30 days ago, 60 days ago. Now he lives in La Jolla. Now he's got a place in Brickell. Now he's got, you know, a place in Rome. And for the low, low price of $99, you too can be winning. And, you know, he rented, he rented out the Lambo. He's got a hot woman right next to him. Sold. It, what, when, isn't that why social <laughs> media is so popular? Because of the pseudo confidence? I think, well, parts of it are for sure, right? I mean, social media is all dopamine nonstop, right? It's funny. I'm laughing because I did a video the other day and, and like, I am not that guy that has the Lambos, the cars and that in my social media. And I have nice cars and, I'm, and I like my nice cars, but it's not to show people I have nice cars. It's because I want to have nice cars. And so my staff was saying, you know, you should have put your car in the, in the, uh, in the video. And I was like, no, because I, I don't want to be known for that in what I do. It's not about the nice cards. It's not about chasing success, which is why I wrote the book. It's about being authentically you, right? Then the more we try and chase those other people's forms of success, the more we lose the identity of ourselves. And I think the most important thing you could do is know who you are, right? Plato said the wisest thing you could do is know thyself. And, and really that's what it comes down to. And, and there's a science, there's a science, Omar, now of how to know who you authentically really are neurologically. That's why it's, you don't have to arbitrate. It's not a false fantasy you have to do anymore. You could do this completely, authentically, real in your life today. It's, it's completely possible. Where were you like five years ago? I, I was one of those. I'm not going to lie. Yeah. Chasing, chasing success. Chasing the American dream. Chasing what Wall Street says. Chasing what Madison Avenue with the commercials, the, the Instagram, the Facebook. I need to go on these trips with, with my wife at the time and my kids. The Tesla, the Tesla will make me happy. Elon Musk yeah. will make me happy. Everything makes me ha happy because it's always that chasing success because you see it's, it's not, it's not even keeping up with the Joneses. It's passing the, the Joneses and it's showing the people that were once in your life. Hey, look at me. Look, look at what I accomplished. So clearly chasing success. It is. It's chasing success. That's why the book is, you know, I was there too. So five years ago, let's talk about 10 years ago. And I can tell you lots about it. <laughs> 10 years ago, I had, you know, I didn't have a dime to my name. I, I basically sat there in an apartment with no money and my, all my assets frozen through a brutal divorce and, and didn't know where to go, what to do, how to live. Couldn't see my kids because I couldn't afford to see my kids. Not because I was there any court restriction, but I couldn't afford to see them. And I mean, I, I was there just like everyone else, right? Like, I was on stages. I was speaking. I was speaking in the personal development space. 
telling people just just put up a bunch of pictures on a wall and have a vision board and it'll all come to you and you can manifest your dreams and, and all that stuff that comes along with it. But I'd go home like a hypocrite. And, um, and when I talk to people behind stage in the green rooms and saying, Hey, look, I, I'm struggling. I can't do a thing. I don't know how to make things happen. They'd all tell me it's your beliefs. It's your beliefs. It's your beliefs. And I'd say, okay, well, how do I change my beliefs? I said, well, we don't know how to do that. We just got to change them though. And I said, well, that's a bunch of bullshit then. <laughs> like, I was like, that's a bunch of crap. Like, if you can't change me, tell me how to change. I'm like, how does that work? And then I said, well, okay, how do I know what my beliefs are? And here's the thing, Omar. Here's what they said. And this is this conversation with this speaker that I'll never say his name and who it is. But I realized that the, what the entire industry was built on for me. He said, well, you just look at your environment and that's your beliefs. And I thought to myself, I said, that makes zero logical sense. That makes zero logical sense because as a doctor, someone can walk into my office, into my practice and say they have back pain. That's the symptom. But there could be a sprain, could be a muscle issue, could be a tendon issue, could be a bone issue, could be a nerve issue, could be a herniated disc, could be a spondylolisthesis, could be all these different things. It could be, it could be cancer for crying out loud, but the symptom is going to be back pain. And as soon as I figured that out, I realized that the symptom is what's going on on the outside. And the belief is the symptom, not the cause. It changed the trajectory of my life. Because then I went home and I pulled out all my neuroanatomy, neuroscience, all my books. And I sat there and I, I mapped this whole thing out. And I said, why does my brain do this? Why is it sitting in this path? Why is it starting from this area and doing this? And, what, and what's the whole pattern behind it? And um, that's when I discovered and I created my, you know, one of my signature processes called the belief inventory. And I literally figured out what my beliefs really were. So I knew how to change them. I'm not disagreeing you need to change your beliefs, yes, but they're not really real anyways. And so I sat there and I rewired it and I figured out what they were. And I can say, oh, that's real for me. That's what I believe. Okay, now I know what to change. Rather than saying, oh, this is my belief because that's what somebody told me it is. I thought that was a bunch of crap. So I got very diagnostic with myself is my point. Now, rewiring... Is there, is there a limit? Is there like an age limit? Is there, cause you know how many, so many people say, Hey, no, you can't teach new dogs, new tricks. I, I'm too old for this. Sure. I am who I am. You know that, Hey, put me out to pasture. My life sucks. Mm-hmm. There's no changing me. It, can you rewire at any age? Any age. I have a client. She's 86 years old. My oldest client has been 91 years old. Um, I've been doing this with my kids since they were basically, you know, breathing. Um, But I did find it was harder for my younger children to fully process it completely. I do bits and pieces of it, but but it was, I found that by the time they hit eight, their brain was developed enough to fully comprehend and understand every piece of it. But we were starting the process and molding their brain to think that way from a very young age. Definitely both my kids have been trained this way. You have something in your brain, just to get technical, if I can, just for a second, called neuroplasticity. It's a big technical term that just means this, is that your brain is always learning and changing. Always. As long as it's alive, it's doing this. We used to have this belief that you know, the brain stopped learning after 25, and then the brain function goes down. And that's just not true. That's not true at all. It's, the reason was is because people stopped learning because they stopped going to college. and so. People stopped reading, right? You and I are like the rare breeds out there. And people listening to this podcast are the rare breeds that want to continue to learn and read and, and get new information. But the vast majority of people, they, they're not interested in learning more. So they let their brain neurons do exactly what they're doing. Don't create new neurons. And they stay where they're staying. Okay, great. You don't have to. You can change it. You can mold it. You can create it. You can build your brain to be exactly what you want it to. That's neuroplasticity. And it's happening to the moment you die. It's happening all the way. And even when you die, there's still energy in that brain and it's still happening for a short period of time until everything starts to decay. But you can even arguably say that decaying in your brain is neuroplasticity as well. That's just <laughs> kind of morbid. Very, very morbid. Very, very morbid. Kind of morbid. <laughs> Hopefully nobody has that fear of death there. Now, you said it best, though. I'm- you and I do, we're, we're nothing static. Either you're growing to me or you're dying. 
Sure. I was that person just like everybody else. I got my master's degree and I'm like, I don't need to study anymore. I don't need to read. Well, my definition of reading was going to books a million, Walden books, whatever, and buying fiction. Sure. To escape, to escape my reality. That's what most people do. Yeah. Because that's what it, what it was. It was like, I don't need to read. I, I know I'm smart. You know, pe- people love to say that I'm intelligent because I've, I've got, you know, a shingle. I've, I've got a diploma. You don't need to tell me I'm, I'm intelligent. And the only, the only people I was serving was the bookstores, the author, the publishing house, mm-hmm. but I wasn't moving the needle. It, it wasn't until I had that aha moment. We all do. I'm sure you did that. I had to put the serious XM. I had to put away the Howard Stern in the morning because, you know, yeah, yeah, it was funny, but it was pure escapism because the reason, I mean, my opinion, most people tune out is because they're like, life sucks. <laughs> right. Yeah. You, you hear, Oh, why do I want to see a documentary or why do I want to see a movie based on reality? I just want to go have fun. My mom would always tell me that like, Oh, yeah. that movie sucks. It, it, it's a real movie. And then I, I realized I started doing it. Everybody does it. And it's like that shit happens. I need to get away from life instead of creating our own life. You know, when I was in my crappy period of time, what we do in our brains, it's really interesting, is when we're more struggling or can't take control of our life, we watch reruns. We do something that we know, again, when the world in front of you is uncertain and you don't know what the future holds, You'll go back and do things that you know consistently to create some control in your brain out of survival. And so what your brain will do is that you'll, you know, you'll watch TV reruns, you'll read the same book, you sort or you know, you'll hang out with the people that you know, whatever it is, you'll try and create some familiarity in your world. And for me, for example, I know for a fact, like I would watch countless hours of Big Bang Theory again. And I knew I could recite the lines for crying out loud, right? Mm-hmm. But we do it as a mechanism to protect ourselves. And I think the important thing to realize is that all human beings are not better or worse, good or bad, successful or failure. I think the most important thing to realize is that we're all human beings who are trying to survive consciously. And we can bring our brain to create it so that you can have more and thrive more, but you'll have to up your level of survival to get it. It's not going to be at the same level you were. So you constantly have to function on growing, but growth requires you to survive at new levels, but you're always based on the level of survival. You just gave me an aha moment. Cause I always wondered why Netflix, it would always say like, Hey, you know, they're top 10. And it was always like Seinfeld. It, mm-hmm. it, it was always episodes of friends, always stuff that we've already watched. And to me, it's like, I never understood until you just broke it down that it's just that, you know, everybody's like, oh, do you remember? And it's also the water cooler effect because you you go to an office full of people and you're like, hey, you know what I just resaw for the 600th time is the one on Elaine that can't dance. And it's like, oh, yeah, I saw that. Well, if you think about it, right, like all these shows that you just mentioned, Friends to Seinfeld. Even the office, they're common everyday things that people do, right? Seinfeld is something that, you know, people hanging out, friends hanging out. Like that's what it is. Friends is friends hanging out, right? The office is people going to work and they can relate to the stories, but more than anything, it's so funny that they can talk to other people about it. And the comedy part of it releases dopamine in the brain and the dopamine says, Hey, look, this is funny. Let's talk about it more. That's why you, and it's normally sitcoms. Watch You're going to be floored when I say the next thing I'm going to say. Most of the time, it's sitcoms that are the most watched, not because they're 22 minutes, not because they're, they're that great. What it is, is because most people are quietly living quiet lives of desperation, and they're depressed, quietly. They won't call it clinical depression, but they don't have the energy to live, and they're, they're kind of like, eh, you live, you die, who gives a crap, right, for lack of better words? And those quiet lives of desperation need comedy. But tragedy releases comedy, so it looks for people who are comedic to give them entertainment. That's why those shows do so well. So think about that if you're going to go produce a show. 
well, you see, maybe I'll, I'll I'll put my my journalism degree to, but I, I I can only write on an eighth grade level. So you know, don't worry, I can only read on an eighth grade level. So we're in great shape. <laughs> well, there you go. That's why we're connecting. <laughs> so I, I ha- when was that? So was it that aha moment that you're you're just completely done with the bullshit? You're you're done with with throwing up the vision boards. You were done with the affirmations. And then you're like, e- enough of if I'm good, I can and I will. And and that's when you 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 brought out the medical stuff from your training and said it was that and it was also this. Yeah, it was that and it was also like realizing that the what that statement was so inaccurate that it made me question everything else that I've heard. And I was like, wait a minute. And like, and so then I started looking at the neurology and the neuroscience of it. I'd already done work with patients. I never just applied it to myself in, in psychology. I mean, I already, I was working with clients. I was working with, you know, business leaders, CEOs, but I never put it together from the person, personal development standpoint. I use it as coaching standpoint, but, and then I started doing it. I needed it for myself. And that's when I did it. And I was like, you know what? This crap isn't working the way that they said it was supposed to. And I said, I, if, if I'm going to take charge of my life, it's going to be up to me. And I'm going to figure out exactly how to do this. I'm going to figure exactly how to rewire this thing so that I can come back and I can do it. And then it became such an inspiration that I was able to come back and then I would do it with people. And then they'd tell me, can you teach me? Can you teach me? And I was like, well, okay. And then I started doing seminars and then small groups and then programs and teaching. And then all of a sudden people want to know more about it. And that's how the whole thing developed. Would, would all that explain to the seminar junkie that they need the dopamine, they need to feel the connection. They need to feel the energy in a room. And that's why they'll go part of it. A bunch of them. And a, a lot of these people don't even put any real action towards their life they just go they do the affirmations they do the hugs they do the fire walk it's a social and, thing too for them right it's a social thing it's you know it, it's the community it's a social aspect they like being around that kind of people and it's just like you know people like to go to a bar like they like to be around those types of people where people like to go to you know church like it, it, it's just another community of people that that people who want to learn and grow and develop and i, I think it's great i think it's great but to go to a seminar, just to go to, I mean, there's obviously reasons why a person, people are going and you got to just ask yourself the questions. Why are you going? Are you going for a business application or are you going to learn how to make money? Or are you going to, because you just love the people around it. But what I can tell you is most of the time people leave those seminars a little bit more diluted. Not always, not always, of course, a little bit more diluted. And about three, four five days later, the high that they were on comes crashing down and their life almost feels worse than it was, and they need to go back to find another seminar in order to feel better about their life again. And most of the time, people go there feeling guilt and shame about their life, and so they continue that whole perpetual cycle. I'm not worth it. I'm not worth it. I'm not worth it. Versus, and this is, you know, and, and for people, everyone does great work. I'm not taking away from anyone. I just, the work I do is different. That's all I'm saying. But if you constantly are doing that, and you still feel crappy about it, you may want to find a different path. That's kind of what I'm thinking is that, and I was there too. And I did them too. I did them monthly. Every month I go to a different seminar, go to a different seminar. And I still go to seminars. And I, st- I want you guys to understand. I still go to seminars, still learn. And so there's nothing wrong with learning, but is it really growth or is it the same thing again and again and again? And, or, and you're going there just for the community, which is fine too. You just got to be honest with yourself of why you're going, I think. Well, in my book, you're going to laugh at this. I believe we all have the tools. Yes, we go to the seminars and they're pretty much all similar. They're, they're taught a little different. They might poke fun of each other. Well, because it's competitors. Grant Cardone's going to throw shade on Anthony Robbins. Anthony Robbins huh. throw shade because, you know, it's money. They don't want huh. you to go anywhere else. But overall, People are waiting for the new diet book, how to lose weight. It, you, since medical school and since the beginning of time, the calories in, calories out. If you, you pick up any book, any program on Audible, and if you followed it religiously, boom, 
you'll lose weight. But everybody's like, oh yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm waiting. I'm waiting. I'm waiting. I'm waiting for the new exercise program. Well, we all know if you consistently do something, you'll get the results. But there well, let me for- let me challenge that just for a second, if that's okay. Yeah, challenge right? away. That's what you're here for. Because, and I agree with your testament, right? And and I'll use myself as a per- perfect example in this. I train, I work out six days a week, I eat a very clean diet, and I struggled with losing weight. I was like, why am I not losing weight? And you're right. And here's the presumption. That just like weight loss books, just like people make inside of it. If all things considered, every single human being was absolutely exactly the same and their body was working optimally, then yes, in theory, any diet should work. However, we're all individuals. And each individual has a different hormonal makeup. And those hormonal makeups will change the way someone's weight loss journey will happen. Some will lose it fast. Some will lose it slow. Some will lose it. There's other things. Because just like me, I trained, I worked out, I did all that. And I realized that, you know what? I had been fasting for too long and I slowed down my thyroid too much, my TSH level. So when I did that, I figured out like, oh, crap. I could work out till I'm blue in the face. I could follow any diet under the sun. It's not going to work until I get my thyroid working again. In that same way, I agree with you. All things considered, everything should. The difference maker is the work that I do. The reason I'm using it as a parallel is this, is because every individual is unique. They have a unique set of experiences, a unique set of stories. Like you just said, you're Hispanic, right? So you have a different cultural background, a genetic background, a different epigenetic background. The things about you are, are different. Your heritage, people you grew up with, all these things are different. So if I take you, Omar, and I put you right next to a guy who grew up in Vermont, right? <laughs> and he's the, the, the most Caucasian dude in Vermont. You will have a different set of experiences. And you'll have a different set of perceptions, perceptions, brain wiring, different opportunities in the brain. But if I tried to t- train you exactly the same, I would not get the same outcome because you're both individuals. If you both were twins, exactly the same, exactly the same environment, exactly the same home, exactly all that, then the responses would be different. Does that make sense? Yes, yes, it, it, it does in that aspect. Like more than likely too, the white guy wouldn't crave starches as much as, as, as I would because culturally, you know, we're, instead of the one starch a meal, we try, we, we try to carbo load and whatnot. So telling him, hey, no starches to him would be like a piece of cake compared sure. to somebody like me who's culturally, you know, it the rice and beans and the potatoes and all that. It, it's, it's way harder to go. Yeah. Okay. I, I can do it. Then you could, and, and you could make that shift. You can make that awareness, right? I'm Indian for crying out loud. And my, whenever my mother comes into town, she starts cooking. I'm like, I can't eat your food. Cause I know my body. Like I love her food. But I can't eat your food because it's grew, grown up in an Indian diet with lots of rice and, and vegetarian and, and vegan and all that. And I'm like, I, I, I don't live this way because I've trained my body in a very different fashion. So now I, I don't eat like that. And my body would respond in a very different way. You can train yourself out of it. Not to say you can't, but it's individualized. And that's what kind of makes my work so unique is that even if I'm doing an event with a thousand, two thousand people. Each person is having their own unique experience based on their own unique life. It's not just a generic blanket. Everyone do the same thing at the same time because it's not about that. It's your experience of your life. Now, how long does it take to rewire? Can we do a seminar and instantaneously just change who we are or is this a process? So I do courses and seminars. I have seminars that, uh, yeah, we could do like... I do three-day events inside that. I got one coming up here in October called Wired for Wealth, where I'm going to take people and rewire their money, their business, their income inside that. Um, I do a, a more of a overall mental health and well-being one called Total Rewire. That'll probably be in January. That's a three-day event. And yeah, you'll, you'll rewire many, many, many different components inside of it. If people work with me and clients, and um, you know, I could rewire someone in 30 minutes doesn't take me 
hours and hours and hours. But to, but I, my goal is not to get people to only want to work with me. That doesn't do anyone any good in the world. I want to help other people learn how to do it for themselves so that they can actually take charge of it and teach their kids and, and do that. Like not steal my material and take it for themselves, but to help their own selves and family so that, you know what, 20 years down the line, they've learned some things that they can, the tools and they can use it for themselves. Like that's more the objective. But if you only need me and I'm the only guy that can do it for you, then yeah, sure. It's job security, but there's no way in, I'm ever going to be able to serve the world the way that I want to. Well, also you're, you're, you're about being in purpose. You're, you're, yeah. you're, you're in service. Clearly, if, if, if it was, you wouldn't want to just change the parent because then if he, you would just want to change the parent because then the kids and then whatnot, you want to change people's lives and their family's tra- trajectory per se. For sure. hundred percent. It, it, it's like those memes and all. I, I mean, I, I made that decision because I was always looking for the the affirmations the kudos from my mom which which i never got uh you know she never i i i think i i did go all the way to get my master's degree write a book because i always wanted to hear the hey i'm proud of you sure and clearly yes people will say on a psychological level well it made you who you were you were always striving for more just to to hear the i'm proud of you but but at the at the same time, you know, there, there's other methods of motivation, and that that's how uh, my ex wife was the same with with her parents, and we decided, you know, we to cut that off, and that's why with my two teenage daughters. Now we're not we're not the oh everybody deserves a medal and, and you're outstanding because you got a C minus, but you know whenever they do something amazing, it's congratulations. I'm proud of you. I love you. You did a great job. I'll give you an example. So my son plays soccer and he's, he's pretty good actually. Like, uh, you know, one day when he hears this podcast, he'd be like, damn, because dad, you called me pretty good. So um, I try to go as many games as I can. I used to coach him and he's now playing on, um, on the high school team. And I went to watch him yesterday. Last night we're coming back. And I just said to him, I said, seems like the last, now the last two games have been complete blowouts. They won seven to nothing and eight to nothing. Right. So complete blowouts. And I said, it seems to me like you're not as aggressive going after the ball. And he's like, huh, no, I have been. I'm like, okay, just, just my observation. It seems that way. Now it wasn't a competitive game. So maybe it doesn't matter. You know what I mean? If, if it's one, nothing and you're in the last five minutes, you're going to play with a little bit more vigor and gusto. Right. So maybe that's what I'm comparing it to for sure. But I said that to him and he said to me, he said, and you, you could see his face, you know, and your kids get a little bit like, upset and i'm like what's the matter he's like no nothing nothing dad nothing i said tell, tell me what happened i said i thought something came up and he's like because i have been aggressive i said okay cool you've been aggressive great but i'm just saying i've been aggressive i said okay great fantastic i said why are you looking for my approval he said i know because i can't because i realized it because i'm looking for your approval because i wanted because i don't know i said okay well it's something for you to work on isn't it so he goes upstairs and he, he comes down and he goes, I got it. And he rewired himself. He figured out because he knows how to do it. I taught him. And he goes, I got it. He goes, it's because I wanted you to, I was looking for your approval and I wanted to get you to sit and say like that I did good. I did good. I did well. And he goes, I realized that whether you, you say I do well or I don't do well, it's just information because maybe you're right. And maybe I'm just stuck on it looking for the accolades and the affirmation. I said, you're right. I said, if you're addicted to my approval, you never play the game for the love of the game. And he said, you're right. And so he went and worked it, worked it out for himself. And I said, now do you need my approval? I said, no. He goes, he goes, you're probably right, though. I haven't been as aggressive as I normally could be. But whether you like the, the way I played or not, I played well for the coach and the team, and we won. I said, that's what matters the most. And we do it. We, we brace ourselves in looking for mommy and daddy's approval. And this is genetically and epigenetically linked as from childhood and we're trapped in it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I finally, uh, entrepreneur magazine, uh, put my book, one of the top business books to read. And she finally said, I'm, I'm proud of you. And it, it was weird because after like, well, it was two years, like two years ago. So, uh, 47 at the time, 
I thought, you know, the heavens were going to open up and it was just like, oh, well, you know, waiting 47. It was like, okay. <laughs> now what? It, exactly. But, but it was funny because I remember that that's what pushed me. And I, I, I love what you said about, about you, you have your kids. They know how to program. Sure. It's how to rewire their brain, their way of thinking. Yep. My, my two daughters, competitive soccer, travel soccer, my old yeah, high school. I don't, I, I was never that soccer parent. Hey, let's discuss the tournament. Let's discuss last year. Let's discuss what strategy. That's between her, her teammates, and her coach. Whenever sure. we're driving friggin' 200 miles away for to play two games, because you could play it locally, the, the, the local team, but you have to have it on a neutral side. I know. <laughs> Crazy, right? Uh, we discuss uh, entrepreneurship. We discuss, look at, look at that brand new strip center. What, what's it lacking? What, what, what would be a great anchor? Stuff like that. It's yeah. the, what we feed our kids is what they become. Now, the other parents, uh, the, we've been through a couple of teams because uh, they don't like my, I, I don't, I don't buy into the system of support. You know, I'm not the rah, rah, rah. I guess it's a business. I don't need to be, if I'm going to, I wear my own stuff. I don't need to be advertising someone else's business. They're not promoting me. And we never had, you know, it was always that, you know, I would rather have them talk to me about Forex. And, and, and I, please, and that, I'm just saying that because everybody DMs us, you know, hey, we can make you a billionaire doing Forex. Sure. Yeah. Then these parents that vicariously just live through their children. And it's mm -hmm. like, well, genetically, you, you aren't Mia Ham. Gen genetically, you aren't you know, Tony Mayola, Alexi Loss. Genetically, you aren't Emmett Smith. But you're putting all this pressure on your children yeah. to pay for their own scholarship through athletics or through anything instead of just have like what you said for the love of the game to enjoy themselves. The reason why I put them in all that is because it's reality. The, the competition. You hate your boss. Well, that's your coach. You have you have a choice. Do you want to be an entrepreneur or, or do you want to have this guy? That's that's on your back that you can't stand. Yeah. Your, your teammates, that's I, that's your coworkers, that's the people that work for you. Plain and simple, but and, and that that's what I think separates the rational from the irrational. Is hey, your kid's not more than likely not going to be the next Derek Jeter. He's not going to be the next Barry Bonds. He's not going to be the next Michael Phelps. Let them be kids and, yep. and just, you know, enjoy the moment and let them enjoy the game. You know, it's true, right? It's, it's let them have fun. Let them be who they are. Let them express who they are. And kids will find their own authenticity. And if, if you allow them, if you allow children to be who they are, and it, I, I, I'll say it this way, all human beings, no matter what, no matter where you're from, where you do, what, what, where you're from or what you do or what color, creed, race you are, every human being wants to be loved for who they are. And when you're judged for who you are, you feel diminished, you feel projected to, and you, you feel you build anger and emotion and, and resentment inside of it. But when you get loved for who you are, you can be yourself. You don't have to lie. You can be authentic. You can be real. You can tell yourself real, the truth. You can tell the people around you the truth and not be shunned for it. More often than not, people don't tell the truth because they don't feel that they can. And children, I think it's super important that they get taught from a very early age in just in behaviors that they can speak the truth no matter what. Now, that doesn't mean, when people take this too far, that doesn't mean be best friends with your kid and buy them beer and alcohol and cigarettes at 13 and 14 years old. That means still be their parent, but give them an open space to, to express themselves. I think that's kind of lacking in the world. That's why people go to social media so often. Well, let them fall. You know, it's, it, it's sure. okay. It, it, it's okay to fail. You know, that, that's the one thing, social media, you know, we, we want to say, Hey, this, this person's our soulmate and you're having problems or, yeah. you know, this, you know, I, I'm winning. I, I'm, I'm making millions, even though I'm $200,000 in debt. It's like, For sure. to be, to me, it's always been be, be authentic. You know, we're, we're, we're human. A, a, am I always up on a high? No. 
a lot of times we're in the plateau. I, I, I'm in the valley because I put myself in the valley and then you have to get yourself out of it. We all have to, we all have our peaks, our valleys, but the choice is yours. But that's now, the normal thing. Like the peak in the valley is normal, right? People think that they always have to live in the peak. That's what creates the valley. It's the peaks that create the valleys, not the valleys that create the peaks. People don't realize that they think they have to be always on and always be hundred percent and can't like, no, when, and when you're authentic and really authentic and in your brain, your body, your nervous system, you don't have to chase anything. You can just be yourself and not be worried about it. You know, you have me interested. October. Are these live events? Zoom? Yeah. No, they're okay. live. They're all Zoom. Well, I mean, live meaning that they're live, but they're all on Zoom. Okay. So it's a three-day event on, on Zoom, and um, and you people can come, and they can register online, and, and you, get, you watch the whole thing as a workshop over Zoom. And we do the whole thing virtually. It's great. It's three days. Start at 10 a.m., go till about 7, 8, um, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday we'll go till about, about 3, 3 or 4. And um, they're dynamite, fantastic events. So it, it's a lot of mind, body, spirit. That's to me. That's that's the main focus. If if one of them's not aligned, then you're <laughs> how are you going to be successful, right? Well, I, I call it mind, body, business, right? And because when your mind and body come together, you're you have health and and well being, and when you have well being and health, and your mind and body are connected, then your business can actually be authentic. When in October. And uh, not not only because I want want my audience to know, but I'm selfish. The reason why I have this podcast is I I get to talk to amazing individuals for my own needs, and I get to write down the material. I get to write sure. down. Hope, hopefully, I'll, I'll I won't have to be traveling to friggin' hills like Tampa or Sarasota or Lakeland for a soccer game. That yeah, <laughs> I know the feeling. Um, it's the 14th, 15th, and 16th. So it's a Friday, Saturday, Sunday of October. It's about six, seven weeks out from the time of this recording. Okay, yeah, no, I'll, I'll definitely speed it up, speed up the process, just just because you know you're you want to help out others. Sure, and, yeah, and you you definitely have a gift. And life life short, man. I mean, we're talking here. I I never thought I'd have two high schoolers. I never thought I'd be like right at the door of 50. Um, unfortunately 49 and you know, at the blink of the eye, you know, then why, why, wait, man? right. Why wait to be, I don't want to be 80 and go, Hey, I, I want to rewire my, my it's harder to do it. Then I'll tell you, like my daughter, she's in her freshman year. As we were just talking offline, she's in her freshman year up at, uh, in, in Florida. And it's like, where, where did that time fly? Where did 17 and a half, 18 years go? It's so fast. It's crazy. And the thing is, is, and, and I say this so many times at events and seminars and programs, it's before you know it, you'll be 60. And did you prepare for 60? And are you thinking for 60? Or are you 40 thinking like you're 80? Because there's a vast difference. If you're 40 thinking like you're 20, not blindly, in order, or are you 40 thinking like you're 80, like life doesn't matter anymore. It's better to live, not live like it, but think that you're 20 where you not blindly have time, but you have energy to go do things rather than 80 when you think it doesn't matter and life is just, you're just here to croak and die and just, you're just buying your time, so to speak. Well, there's people that you see in their twenties and thirties just walking around, and they're they're really dead. They're, they're oh man, dead. it's crazy. And and the more this mental health crisis that we're under, and it's not a mental health crisis; it's just a health crisis. And because mental health, it's not a mental health thing. I'll tell you that right now. It's a hundred percent not just a mental health thing. As much as society wants to put label it that, I will fight that all day long because ninety to ninety four percent of the serotonin, which is a feel good hormone, is made in your stomach, not your brain. So the more we sit and say, we got, I don't feel good. I don't feel good. Where's it coming from? It's coming from your diet. It's coming from your lifestyle. It's coming from the foods and the drinks you put in your stomach. It's coming from the alcohol, the sugars that we're eating. And nobody talks about that. They say it's mental health and they try and control them. They say, take a mental health day, mental health day. Really, we should be talking about, yes, get your mind in order, 
for sure. Rewire that thing, but also learn to value yourself and value what you do so that you can get your diet in order. Because when you get the mind and the diet together, then you'll take control of your mental health. It's not going to happen any other way. You can't do it arbitrarily just by thinking this way or taking a drug or a medication. Truly, if you want to empower it. Now, you could take medications and things like that to, as chemical dependence, but I'm saying authentically you doing it yourself. Yeah, but dropping a pill, that's just masking the problem. That's just masking the issue. That, that's trying to numb, numb the pain. Of course it is. And, and taking a, a personal day, it, if I'm friggin' like in major pain, what's one day going to do for me? <laughs> it's, Probably it's, not. Right? I like to sit and say that. Be so, be so on fire with your mission that you don't need a personal day. Because when you're so on fire with your mission, you're not going to need a personal day. You're just going to go out and do it. And you're not going to let any pain or pleasure get in the way of you pursuing what it is you want to do. Well, a lot of times don't you think people wake up tired because they're not living their purpose. They're not being in service or not. They're just, they don't even know what it is. They just wake up and go through the motions, right? Oh, it's Monday. Sure. I'm having a bad case of the Monday. Tuesday's taco Tuesday. Oh, I'm almost towards Friday. And you know, they, it, it's that same process. And, you know, they're hating on Sunday because it's almost Monday. Sure. And, you know, it, they, they do this 10, 20, 30, 40 years of doing the same thing over and over. Because they don't know any other way, right? They, they're, they're trained to think in that fashion, but they've got to do that and live life that fa- in that way. When the reality is, is they don't have to. But here's the thing. They don't have guys like you out there who are, are waking them up and saying, hey, look, you can do things a different way. There's a different way that you can make things happen. And that's why what you're doing, the work that you're doing is so great because it's helping people wake up to what their life could be, right? And that's, that's what it's about. What could it be? And then you have to take the action steps to go do that. It's about work though. And oh my gosh, to rewire my brain that that requires work. And oh doc, you 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 have it on a weekend. Oh my gosh. How about you know, there's college football, there's there's the NFL, there's Saturday night live. <laughs> yeah, there is. I, I'm sure you, you played, right. I've worked with a lot of players in all those areas and all those worlds that you just mentioned. And I can tell you this is that they work their tail off too. And they're And at the end of the day, if you don't do it, here's the thing. Like I say this and it sounds almost derogatory and it's not meant to. No one can do it for you. If you do it, you'll be grateful for your life. If you don't do it, you'll hate your life. And so the options, yeah, of course you could do other things to make it. So try and feel better, things like that, but you don't have to. There are different ways to, to live. And it just becomes what you, what kind of life experience you want to have. And the secret to this, I'll tell you, Omar, more than anything, is that is to learn to love yourself. Truly love yourself. Not bullshit, just real, authentic love for who you are as a human being. When you get that, then the work won't be a question. It'll be what you ultimately want. Wow. Believe it or not, <laughs> no. uh, I, I, I was going to say if there was any last words of wisdom you wanted to impart, but you know, like like what they say in the entertainment industry, or the kids say, you you really dropped the mic there because so many people have have these battles of, am I worthy? And mm-hmm. once say once you realize you are worthy, you don't need the the Tesla, you don't need the high rise. You don't need any of that. You know, money comes and goes, but true. You have to love yourself because if not, you're, you're always that limiting belief and that, that unworthiness, it always leads to just self-destructive patterns and self-destructive behaviors. I agree with you hundred percent. Can I agree with you more, my friend, brother? Thank you for your time. Oh, thank you. And how do we find you? How, how do we find you on social media and how do we book I, either one of your seminars? Um, you just go to total or not totally, excuse me, drrewire.com. It has all the seminars, the events, and uh, the, there's a quiz that I have on there that your, your people can go to. I think 
we're having some technical challenges with it today, but it should be working by the time this recording goes out. But um, it'll tell you exactly what is your rewire score. Or you can go to rewirescore.com and it'll tell you exactly what part of your brain you're actually using, how you're thinking, how do you, how do you choose what you're thinking? Are you really being reactive? Are you being proactive? Are you being financially savvy? Are you being wealthy in your world? Or are you really being more of a victim in your world? It'll tell you all this stuff inside of it. It's called, so that's rewirescore.com. You can go do that. You can find me at Dr. Rewire on social, on any platform that there is, I think, out there. And, um, and the website, of course, drrewire.com. All right. Thank you, doctor. Thank you for the time. Thank you for just making everybody's lives better and just showing people what they can truly be. All right. Thanks. Love you, brother. Thank you. You too. I never told no one that. How do you get influencers to talk about your business? Accessmynetwork.com. Collaborate with industry-leading influencers on social media when you sign up. Accessmynetwork.com. Start your brand awareness campaigns and generate leads. Accessmynetwork.com. I never told no one that. My whole life I've been holding back. Every time I load my gun up so I can shoot for the stars. I hear a voice like, who do you think you are? Negative thoughts come to mind when I start thinking bold. Like, why you chasing dreams? Aren't you getting kind of old? I knew I needed help I had no self-confidence Didn't believe in myself I tried not to feel or listen to my intuition To start a business But before I even started I feel like it's finished You got a vision And let me say I don't care if they're your blood Got the same DNA They can't feel how you feel They can't see what you see Wanna change your life You gotta change the way you think The thoughts in your mind Is the boss of your life Nothing but good vibes Every day I'm thinking like What if it did work? What if you took action and made it happen and started living inside of your purpose? What if it did work? Right now you can make the choice to never listen to that negative voice no more. The hardest prison to escape is our own mind. I was trapped inside that prison all for a long time. To make it happen, you gotta take action. Just imagine what if it did work.